everybody. I'm Grant. And I'm Eric, and you're listening to the Quacking Ducks podcast, where each week we take turns picking a piece of media we like, making the other person experience it for the first time, and then we talk about it on this podcast. Grant, what did we talk about today? Today is a special episode because Eric gives a financial seminar. <laughs> we also talk about Unicorn Store. the movie that I chose mm-hmm. this week. Um, it was Unicorn Store. Now, this was a movie that was made, I think, originally in, like, 2017. Um, uh, but it didn't get wide release until Netflix uh, uh, released it, uh, which I think they did in twenty this year, 2019. Um, so it's a movie that is, uh, directed by Brie Larson and is starring Brie Larson, um, and a bunch of other people are in it and stuff, and I wanted you to watch it, and I cannot wait to hear what you thought. So I'm, I'm interested in that timeline, because, like, because Samuel Jackson's in it, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, like, of course, after they were working so close. For mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, but then if it's like, oh no, this was made before then. It's it's almost well, like well, well, oh. but that's interesting. It, Captain Marvel also had a weird shooting schedule because uh, Brie Larson shot some of her stuff from the in-game slash whatever. That's true, but that's and then different later than like shot Captain Marvel. But then yeah, that, I don't but know. That, that's still it, like it's not. I like don't know when the timeline. Endgame up, was right? all about how. Samuel Jackson, Brie Larson are best friends. Right, you know? right, right, right. That's all I mean. Um, um, yeah, for the movie, the simplest way I can say, like, think of phrasing this is like, uh-huh. I almost liked it. Now, I didn't dislike it, but I don't have a clear vision of my feelings to be like, oh, yeah, I liked it. It's like, mm, so. that doesn't feel accurate. There's and it's like, of, oh, so you didn't like it? I'd be like, I'm not saying that either. So, <laughs> there, there's, yeah. There's a perverse side of me that like, kind of wish wishes that you didn't like it. I don't know exactly why. I think... I, so, we approached this uh, choosing of, of media kind of differently each time, mm-hmm. and... and you and I kind of... I and think, inconsistently, and, even and, just and, amongst and, ourselves, too. Right, right. But I think, you know, I think in general, like, when I usually, most of the stuff that I've chosen, it's stuff that I genuinely enjoy, whether or not it is good, you know, whether I think it's, it's good. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I think sometimes... I, I feel like there's some of the things that uh, you've selected that I feel like are always great, you're like, perfect. You're like, oh, I just kind of liked this thing. That's about why I talk it. about it with Grant. Right, yeah, right. Um, 
so yeah, so that's an interesting like kind of difference in the way that mm-hmm. that we approach sometimes. Um, <laughs> and that's so I will say watching this, there's a lot to like, and this de- definitely unlike you know when when we watch Rear Window, I just like trash that movie. Right, I just, like right. that's not how I feel about this. I'm like, oh yeah, there's there's so much to like about this, mm-hmm. but. Like holistically, I just like I don't really. I feel like I just don't get it. Is, is more the the issue. Uh huh. But it also doesn't feel like a a complicated movie. So maybe it's more that it's like I just uh, like like how I feel about uh it follows where it's like oh there's a, a clearly like a metaphorical moral of the story here. I just don't agree with so that kind of but that doesn't like I don't know it feels like so I would overarching there's very clearly like a lesson like it's it's it has a fable quality to it and like a lesson to be learned and like I I I you know the I feel like it's mostly just the very simple like oh like don't completely give up on your identity and your dreams and stuff and uh, and like I get it but the way it tells that moral feels just so disingenuous from reality because it's because like uh, are we prepared to go into full spoilers I think yes okay so like I get that it's like oh she's you know she's vindicated she believed and she while while she realized she didn't need the, this like piece of her childhood to like cope with her life anymore, you know she was still proven right in the end. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Uh, she doesn't have a job, though. Still, or again, and also they like they like touch on it a couple times of like. You know, her parents, like, she went to college. I assume she still has loans. Her parents seem financially stable because they have a really nice house. They never really talk about money. Like, like her looking for a job being an, an issue from, like, a financial standpoint. It's more about, like, emotional health and feeling like you are doing something with your life it's ne- it, they never talk about it of like no you need a job because you have student loans to pay off so there there are things where it's like so, so if i could yeah. s- summate basically all these darn millennials just care too much about their feelings and not enough about working hard uh, no, as, it, as like a job it, it's, in the real world no it, it's it's not that <laughs> so much as that it, there's a weird thing about this movie uh, where there, I know, but there, the, I there's a lot I want to say watching this movie. So that it's uh-huh. a very good movie for this podcast, I guess, in that regard. Uh, where, like, some, uh, so let's say, okay, first off, Virgil, it, I love Virgil, but I also love him. It kind of in a weird like. The things I like about him, I don't think, are positive reflections on the rest of the movie because he's the only <laughs> real person in it. Everyone yeah. else feels like they're from, like, 
a arrested development episode yeah. but then which like is i i think that could be interesting that i i think the thing that undermines that is like there's chunks of this movie that are f- like it's shot in the most like disinterested way so much like i think it maybe it's the lighting more than anything it just it's it's very desaturated there's literally shaky cam in conversation scenes that make it feel like a jason bourne movie and the i i almost and this is where i'm like i almost really enjoyed the the surrealness clashing with that like harsh reality tone um but I, I feel like I, I didn't get like a resolution to that conflict. Mm. Like the the it feels like there there's a this movie had a lot of things it was feeling that it was trying to express that then it just didn't do it fully eloquently. In and like it is I think the uh the campfire, like the camping scene where she tells her parents, is almost like a perfect distillation of the movie. In that, like the rest of the movie, I was very frustrated with Kit in that scene because it's like you you already know what you're saying sounds crazy, so do the legwork to make it not sound crazy or don't say it like those those are kind of the options but if you're going to say a thing you know that sounds crazy and do no effort to try and like clarify like of course your parents are going to react like you're nuts and i think that scene i was like i have to i have to ter- interpret this as a metaphor mm-hmm. because it doesn't work otherwise and it's like oh i also yeah, I also interpret it as a metaphor. I think one of the, I'd say in general about the whole movie, the thing that I like so much about it is its earnestness. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very earnest, like, straightforward, like, Kit is herself and she's and they continue to act as herself, and when other people don't get that, or don't, you know, like, you know, this is going somewhat into metaphor, like, where they, when they don't understand what she's talking about because she's talking about unicorns or whatever, then she, she is still earnest and still going to be like, well, I, this, like, I don't, this is the experience that I'm having, and this Mm -hmm. is my you know, like, she's still going to retain her identity and stay, like, the, the like, her goal isn't, I don't think there's much of a conflict that, maybe besides a little bit of, of the, the parent stuff, but I still think that's a metaphor, but there isn't much conflict that arises, like, actually from, um, or I guess conflict that really seems to matter that get I guess that much to Kit when that comes from people not understanding her. Like people don't understand her and are worried and that is technically conflict, but like it's not conflict that she generally ends up dealing with. She kind of generally ends up 
but I and and I think that that's part of that that message of you know, I don't know if that's really true though because the only time we even really have that like I'm going to tell you the truth and and talk about like this being a unicorn is with Virgil that she actually has some level of a, a relationship with and does care about his reaction and her parents, which she also does care about their reaction in both those right. contexts. Um, she does like, care about the reaction, but she doesn't change what she's going to do. Right. That's true. In, I, in I guess situations. I mean, like, and, and in, in, I'd say she has a similar, like in her job, she also has, a similar earnestness and direction where she like or a little bit near the beginning of the movie where she hasn't figured it out or whatever she'll she's trying to conform and humorously to what her idea idea of you know businessy mm-hmm. person is and then later on obviously she brings in her own i will say know, all the business stuff thing. was great i would watch that tv show of like just <laughs> circumventing business world with like just a weird cast of cartoon characters. That show like uh-huh. it, it's very um better off Ted kind of feeling, except mm. lit like a, a Jason Bourne movie for some reason. Um, it also had uh, Hamish Linklater, uh, who's uh, like her boss bad guy, who is also uh, he's just a great bad guy. He was a bad guy in uh, Newsroom as well. He's yeah, he's in really, Legion. He's too. a really good. He's a really good, unlikable. He like, his character. You know. And again, I think I think it, it does. Like I think you're right in like the earnestness. It, it's it kind of stems from like a personalness of the story. Um, mm-hmm. But like the the risk you run there is like when when this the art you're producing is so personal, you, you, it's really difficult to tell if it actually makes sense. Because, like, I. That might be true. And, and, well, like, that character I thought was, like. It. It. When you. When he. You know, you have the office sitcom stuff. It's like. He's uncomfortable and creepy, but to the point of, like. Oh, but I can still laugh at this. It's Michael Scott season five, not Michael Scott season one, who's just a fucking terrible person. Um, but mm. then you bring in Virgil being like. Oh no, this guy's just a sexually harassing boss. And it's like Virgil's perspective and analysis makes perfect sense because Virgil is exists in reality. But like you actually watch the boss, and it's like Yeah, that explains some of this behavior, but not this bizarre, like I'm just going to set you up to fail to give this presentation that like I I don't know may, maybe that's a tactic that exists in the real world but it doesn't that behavior well, feels more surreal than it does oh yeah you know like a shitty sexually harassing boss like that the character doesn't yeah, actually think, read that way I think that he read to me he read as sexually harassing creepy but then, like the the actions of what she's doing or whatever at the like, because like she doesn't like he she had some other plan for whatever the vacuums would be 
and then she threw a curveball at the last second. Because it shows her getting the idea for the curveball right before the scene where she comes up and presents. So yeah, like, yeah, but there is like, so like, it, like shitty job on him for like not following up and keeping track of what his employees are doing. But that seemed like yeah, just that's a, like okay, yeah, that's, there. there that's there's some weirdness boss, in the setup you know? for him where it's like, yeah, because he also like the the like president or or account owner or whoever or you know uh partner is like oh we're seeing two presentations like yeah we're you're showing two fucking presentations this was part of your plan wasn't it so that there's an aspect of it that makes it feel like oh no i just lied to brie larson because this is a cartoon and and to be clear i'm not saying uh i want to clarify a state a comment i had i'm not saying that character's behavior is not sexual harassment it explicitly is I just mean from like a tonal angle, there is the character to me was always portrayed like a character from the office in that it's portraying reprehensible behavior, but it's adding a surrealist element that is trying to say this is this is comedy like, um, you know, the 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 easy example is when she's like, oh, did you ever want to do? something else and he's like oh you mean like uh take like be a figure skater but your parent my parents wouldn't pay for their lessons and she says yeah and then it's just like an extremely uncomfortable long cut of his face just falling and like reality and depression hitting him like a fucking train like that's a funny weird fucking shot that is different than if the you know, if it was just like, oh yeah, he's just a bad boss. Like, mm, that's not all that character seems to be in that setting. But just when you leave the office and you hang out with Virgil, you're back in reality. You know, if if like like the difference between watching the show The Office and actually trying to conduct business in the office from the show The Office, like two completely different experiences. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. and it's just, that was another thing where it's like a little dissonance where, where I'm like, I, I don't know what this is intending to be. And, and um, that's, I, this was a thing that from earlier, so sorry to segue, but it's actually trying to segue back. I think the parent stuff and the whole, like, you know, we love you, but you're like, I'm worried I'm a disappointment. Uh, we don't believe you about the unicorn stuff. Like, I I had this uh, the way I phrased this in my head when I was thinking about it I was like I would buy that so much easier if it was J.K. Simmons at, and someone else as the parents instead of <laughs> like the fact like it reads weird and it, and it even makes the metaphor kind of hard because it's like oh they don't believe her about buying a unicorn. Well, of course they wouldn't. That's impossible but if you interpret it as the metaphor of like oh they have a pro like they paid for her to go to art school like what is this a met was the unicorn a metaphor for if it like that's 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 the usual go-to thing of like hey i'm gonna risk my financial security pursue and and not pursue a career in business or finance and i'm actually gonna go to art school it's like the the campfire scene would have been a perfect metaphor 
for that moment, except that moment already fucking happened like a year ago or so at least. So it's like, what I don't know what this is attempting to be a metaphor for because your parents are fucking hippies. So like, what could they have a problem with you with about you and the way you express yourself in this context? Like I, I that that was another. Well, yeah, that w- I think I think that I don't know for that for that kind of stuff. I feel like it was it felt more like taking off of her, you know. She failed at quote unquote at being an artist or mm-hmm. going to art school. Like you know, like basically, I feel like the conflict between her and her parents is like her parents did, you know, like uh, be like, oh yeah, like do what you want to do. But then she tried to do that, and it failed and like you know like there's a part where like they're like oh like we want you to follow your dreams or we want you to like you know i don't know so they say something yeah like, they say like we're, we're glad that you had the like, opportunity like to explore pursuing yeah. art but now right. that that's past mm-hmm. you and like and i think which is I, a I shitty thing for a parent to say in that context for sure um but yeah it, it still doesn't really like like I think that there's not okay so the the I think part of it like I think part of it might be the trying to read it from too serious of an angle I'm reading it more as metaphorical and and obviously like really I don't think that the the particulars of like whether like oh, I might think that they're good parents or, not, you know, like, that's irrelevant to how the character is feeling as, you know what I mean? Like That's fair. I guess I just mean... Like, like they're not they're not cartoonishly the stereotypical bad parents that are like, we want you to be a banker or something. No, instead uh, no of but a, I mean, they're, you know, but like, they're just, like, they're not exactly... Like, they're, like... They, the, so... Uh, Josh. I'm just gonna call him Josh because I can't remember the actor or the uh-huh. character's name. Yeah, he, Bradley like, Whitford. Yeah, Bradley yeah. Whitford. So he like, I'm not saying they should be like, we want you to be a doctor and that's all we care about. But they are, and, and they're not like full cartoons, but like they are pretty explicitly like pretty hippy dippy. You know, their their career mm. is this like adventure team building course for uh Uh troubled teens like i like they you know they've run the gambit on like kids with with actual like problems at home and or or, like problems with the law or whatever Mm. so the fact that they have this they have some kind of hang up with something that that kit is trying to express to them feels disingenuous to the the lives of the characters in the world that they've established in like a metaphorical sense because i don't know what like i can choose to interpret that as a metaphor but then i don't know what it's a metaphor for well i i, I don't think so okay a couple of things i don't think a i don't think they're 
like I think kind of part of her point was like, hey, from her perspective, yeah, you do these like them being good at, you know, working with these kids or whatever doesn't translate to them being good at working with her because mm-hmm. like from her perspective, they are giving their time and attention to Kevin and the other camp kids and not to her. You know, that's where yeah. she like what she was her, you know, gripe to them was was like, I feel like, you know, that it but I don't I also don't think I don't think that we're necessarily that we have to necessarily read that they actually are. It's kind of what Kit is mm-hmm. like it, coming at it from Kit's perspective, that's what she is feeling, yeah. whether or not they actually are you know, like disappointed in her. Like, I don't think that they are disappointed in her, but she feels right. that. And, that, and that like, that's works. kind of, the- I think that actually works really well for the, the relationship and, and the, of those characters holistically. Um, but it, it's more the, the specifically the truth circle piece of it. That is like that. Like I, I'm talking specifically about, the reveal of I am going to purchase a unicorn as a metaphor for the reveal of something, some other thing to your parents that I don't, I don't think actually works as a metaphor just in that sing that piece of their relationship and that interaction because, or, or it's less believable if it was like, you know, if it's Brie Larson, explaining to jk simmons that she wants to buy a unicorn i could be like oh this is a metaphor for her wanting to pursue her art career or come yeah, coming out or something you know so, some some revelation or like you know that exchange as a metaphor for a re- revelation to a parent that you're concerned about and afraid to tell them it it, think- it is harder to interpret that scene in that way when the characters are pretty clearly painted as uh, supportive, if not just a bit out of touch, you know? Mm. So them to I have mean, a, a pretty so visceral I, reaction of, like, you know, the mom storming off and, and all that stuff, it's like, well, if this was a... If it was something other than a unicorn, I just don't see those specific characters having that reaction. Right. I think, I mean, I think that the, the, the metaphor and the, I get what you're saying by it was harder for you to assume that that was the metaphor. Mm. I think it still is the metaphor. And I think that the, like, I think part of the point, uh, that it was making is that like everybody hits this. It's not just a, you know, like there is something that is hard to communicate with your parents, no matter how good they are at, supporting you or what like i think a lot of this story is about her becoming an adult and finding the her way to do that correct like in a way that isn't you know like it's kind of like it is kind of a similar old story of like oh it's like her you know the story would essentially be the the bones of the story would be the same if she if it was that movie with J.K. Simmons and she wanted to go to art school, but she couldn't, mm-hmm. but then eventually she did or whatever. Like, but this is, I, th- I think the point of a lot of this movie is even for the kids that go to art school and have parents that want them to go there, they're still going to have to 
they still go through this growing right. up situation where they have to hit the real world, figure out how to continue to be themselves, but as yeah, an adult. And, and to and circle not, back, all, you know, all I was really saying was I think that would work better either way um, if the dialogue for that scene had a little bit more of the like, you know, I I have act, I have thought about the way I'm going to tell my parents this information. I have attempted to future proof myself a little bit over there uh, against their reactions. Uh, you know, I'm going to try and be patient and explain this and, and then it still falls apart, you know, like, because that's totally what happens. And I've, I've a hundred percent been in that situation, but when the scene, the scene in the literal sense is I'm getting a unicorn, uh, daughter who I love. What the fuck are you talking about? I gave you all the information I needed to give you. I'm getting a unicorn. I do not understand well, why you need like, more context. That's the aspect of it that like, I was frustrated I feel with. Like that's I feel like that's the key. Um, that's I mean, like what you're talking about goes to the very heart of the one conceit this movie's asking you to make. Mm -hmm. You know, like right, the conceit that, is this person believes in unicorns and later on unicorns are real. And you know, like, like that whole concept is of course fantastical and ridiculous, right, but, but she but does that is the conceit that it's making. Right. But the character also openly acknowledges that like, that is not a unit. That is not the norm that other that's characters okay. will have trouble believing her. And yet, sure. so like that, that's the part It's like, if you, if you believe unicorns exist, that is fine. If you also were aware that your parents do not believe unicorns exist, you would approach the uh, the topic of telling them you are buying a unicorn differently. That is all I'm saying. I, th I think that comes down to what you would do versus what Kit would do. I. That's a character sure, thing. Sure. Like, her well, character doesn't read that way to me at all. I wouldn't <sighs> think that she would do that because she doesn't do that with any of like her her defining characteristic is her her earnestness and her like her, like to some degrees her frankness about it like she goes to the to the like hardware store or whatever and is like hey i need you to build a stable for like a unicorn right and, and it's like well yeah that's crazy, and this is where like, it's like it's a weird <laughs> like scales kind of thing where like the the things are can be balanced but there's there's a lot of moving pieces where it's like i think the relationship between Kit and her parents works okay. Like it works. And then the relationship she has with her coworkers works, except then you also have Virgil who is the most literally, like I have never seen a more believable human character in, or in like a long time. So it's very, it's mm -hmm. more th like, so, and it, it like, I, like, I know I said Arrested Development before. Virgil is not the Jason Bateman of Arrested Development, because Jason Bateman no, is no, no, no. not yeah, a real character because he right. allows, as much as he, like, doesn't do as much crazy shit on his own, he still allows the other people to do crazy shit. Right. Like, it's just part of the world. But Virgil mm. reacts to the rest of the insanity of the movie like a per like how a person should actually react to those things and that tips like in the, i picture like the visual metaphor in my mind palace is like 
a scale with like four or five different corners that each have like their own little weights on them that like because of Virgil, it then starts to throw it off balance in a way where it's like, well, I can understand. I can I can get behind like a lot of these characters acting the way they do because they, they are designed in a semi like Scott Pilgrimy kind of way. Right, right. Except then you also have Virgil, who's like just in the real world, and then you have other tiny characters like the farmer who sells them the hay. Who I'm like, yep, that's just that's just a farmer. Like, there's no, there's like one, even the <laughs> one joke with him is like, yep, that's a totally normal thing that could happen to any human. Who's just like, oh, oh, do we move it? I don't. Oh, I guess let's try. Like, that feels so real in a way that like watching your boss's face for like 10 seconds just fill with despair that's not real life like it's that's the part i that i find fascinating and i enjoy talking about with you see i I is the hang up of like me saying i like the movie because i like pieces Uh of it i really like pieces of it i just don't think they gel well I, I love it. I, I love the juxtaposition of it. I think I think that having that reality in there, a, like I think it it I think it cranks the the fantastical parts of it like up high. Like it, I think by contrast, it makes the absurdist things even more absurdist and that's I think and I like I enjoy that like I think it's really funny and I think like it works in the favor like because I feel like if that if if, if it was just a, uh, a movie that was had this kind of absurdist you know concept mm-hmm. or whatever I don't know that it would be that impactful or unique like i feel like the that's fair i i feel I, like i i feel like a lot of the identity of this which and, and 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 not just as a like oh that's an oddity so that's cool but i think specifically the point of the movie is about this person who is an oddity and to really make to drive home you know the theme along with the you know, the character, you know, I think they needed to have that reality that, by contrast, makes the absurdity even more absurd. Because, like, there are other movies that you can get that are metaphorical and have fantasy elements and stuff. Like, I, I would, I feel like, um, you know, uh, like, I'd say even, like, uh, uh, the movie Harvey, which has which is like an old school movie, uh, with like Cary Grant, I think, uh, and it has a <laughs> yeah, it's a nineteen fifty uh movie where Cary Grant has an imaginary friend named Harvey who's a six foot tall rabbit. Oh yeah, yeah. and like and like I'm that's familiar. you know like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like you know even honestly um. Uh, it's a wonderful life. Is a you know, it, it's more of a like 
So the, uh, a Christmas the, it, story kind of level of like fantasy, the pro- but the problem I have with there that, and it's just kind of like a metaphorical tale, and it's yeah. The, same the problem old I have, I, I don't agree with that comparison because I I think that like it's a wonderful life has like fantastical realism. It has like it's the real world with a fantastic element where this movie has like a a like mappable curve of realism all depicted and from one hand i'm like i i think it like i i kind of said this earlier if this was a show i think i would actually be a lot more invested because i would have more time to get a sense of like the actual cosmology of this world but because you have like i don't i will see i see that i'm i'm directly i'm on the direct opposite side of that where i think that there, that shouldn't be the case. Well, like, well, that, I, like the, I don't think I don't think the point of this is for you to figure out the cosmology no, I know, of it. But we're talking about. You know what I mean, we're talking about did it, like did I like it or not, and ways ways I can think about dissecting that reaction. Um. So so before we dive into it too much, because like I don't think it is a juxtaposition of like Virgil and some crazy stuff, and, and it, like to me, there's. There's Virgil, the most genuine, like, believable character in the universe. Uh, then you have, and, and on the opposite end, you have a literal unicorn, which that feels like there's, now that I'm thinking about it and talking about it, it does feel like a level of intentionality that I like. But then there's the, like, the parents feel like real people you could meet that are still, like, unique kind of weird people but then you have characters like the boss's secretary who's like supposed to it it, like very clearly like a real person in like a simpson sense where their dialogue's just a little off or a little extra and their hair's a little extra and that's fits within the office space because like everything about that's a little cartoony it's weird that she like she has five minutes of training for a job that is to photocopy pages like pages of magazines like that doesn't make sense um but like in a way that fits the rest of the office setting like even the the i don't know what role the woman in the ad meeting like what her position was but like even her dialogue is very like inhuman in a way that mm. the, the, the issue is that there, there's this spectrum that I I I like the spectrum I just don't get enough stuff through just the context of this movie to understand what it's trying to say about it and that's, that's what I so when I say understand the cosmology really I mean like I, under, I want to understand what the artist is trying to say because, like, it really fe- like there's aspects that feel pretty obvious about like being your true self and believing in yourself and stuff. But there's other aspects that I think there's more interesting things being said that are maybe less of the 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 like fable moral of the story, but I think are the actually more interesting things. Like I the maybe like. Yeah. Like, I think it is interesting and maybe problematic, but maybe totally, like, necessary for the film to work that, like, 
we don't see Virgil interact with anyone other than Kit and the farmer until the very end of the movie, where he then stands next to Samuel L. Jackson, who is the second least believable character in the in this movie, very intentionally, only only losing the top spot to the literal fucking unicorn. So like that seems intentional because I don't think you can have Virgil interact with her boss or the boss's secretary or eat like maybe he could interact with her her work friend who is also like a little zany you know what I mean? Where like, there's just this like. I, I, I guess I, I I agree with you. I don't see what the problem. I'm is. I'm not saying it necessarily Brenda. is a problem. I, it, other than like, that's an interesting obs. Like, the mo- the movie feels like it's biting off more than it can chew. At points, and I would love I the thing that I want like giving the movie the most benefit of the doubt because there are so many pieces that I think are interesting is just give it more time so I can be, so I, I can have more opportunity to get what you're going for here. Um, that That's kind of what I mean by that. Cause like, I think like the, like, like if you had seen Virgil interact with, no, I don't people, say, I'm not saying I want more- that. I want, to understand if the artist is making, like, actually trying to, like, what they're trying to say about this, with this, this, like, spectrum of realism that exists within the world of this movie. Like, that kind of thing doesn't, it doesn't tip it, like, because Virgil is so believable, and then obviously other aspects are, are so surreal, I don't think it's an accident in any way. I think it's very intentional. Mm. And the thing I'm missing is what is the, what was the intent with that intentionality? Like, what, what were you actually trying? Like I built the film this way because I wanted to express blank. I want to know that blank. I'm hungry for that blank. And I'm frustrated with the movie for not giving, giving me the tools to find it on my own easily because I don't, want to any any anything i put in that to answer that question will feel like i'm creating it i don't and like i don't think i should need to because i think there is a real answer so from my uh when i watched the movie uh i would say the way that i read a lot of that was maybe this was because i went in Knowing that Brie Larson had directed it, I knew Brie well Larson had directed it. it. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay, um, but so I I don't know then, but uh, it kind of just seemed I don't know. It's straight. It seemed straightforward to me that everything in the world was through her this character's lens, right? Mm-hmm. Like. She has this caricature idea of work because we see that when she's about to go work because she's like, I need to ha- like coffee now. Mm. And I, you know, get me a bunch of yellow legal sheets and pens because I'll need those because that's work. Yeah. And like that's, you know, her obviously her character of work. So it made sense to me that 
like work was a caricature of what work is. You know, like like everything kind of seems filtered through her her way in which she sees stuff. And I guess the only exception was this character who she meets who kind of defies that. Like, you know, like and and is his own adult you know, self, and it's undeniable the way that his character is because he's so confined in himself (laughs) and that, you know, like he, that he is so much himself. And I think that, I think A, that acts as kind of a guidepost for her. She wants to get to the place where she is confident in herself and adult like he is. And I think, you know, maybe not in the same, not like she doesn't want to be, as quote unquote real as he is, you know, or whatever, like she wants to be her own mm-hmm. version of that level of maturity or whatever. So like, I don't know, everything kind of falls into place where I don't see a spectrum of like unreality. I kind of all see it as, Oh yeah, it's all through her filter. Except for this guy who is like, can't be filtered. He can't, yeah, you know, I like, would say that and that's kind of the point of her, you know what she's working towards. I think that, that you know? works, except for the fact that we're not talking about that. There's also a literal fucking unicorn that pretty aggressively brings up the subject of like reality yeah, and not her, her filter, right? Well, it's not though. It, it, I mean, like it, it's not. Yeah, I don't think that like this world. I did, I guess I didn't get hung up on the unicorn because it's like. Yeah, no, like, I didn't. I didn't get hung up on the unicorn because it's in the title of the movie. But what I got hung up on is that there are, like, I think you could do. Like, I think that works. And I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I'm talking about like there. There are ways to con. I there. I believe there are ways to convey that theme better. Either like if if that is the the goal um i I think that that you might be right that that's kind of the the idea um because that does one thing i thought that was like i don't this isn't me saying it but it's like me doing my tester brain of of thinking about what a more cynical person than me would think and trying to mitigate that person um technically like this this movie ends with like the 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 like you you could argue one could argue again i'm not saying this is mm-hmm. either the intended reading or even the reading i believe in but as a reading i can see a more cynical person per genuinely perceiving which is that oh Brie Larson's character grew up at the immediate moment when she was in a, entered a relationship with a guy. So there are aspects, like, because of that, I'm like, I I don't think that's the point of the movie at all, but I, and that's why I kind of tried to uh, not overly focus on, like, Virgil in relation to her too much because honestly i didn't really think of it as a romantic plot for most of the movie i i just thought he was a interesting i didn't say anything about romance i just she met a character who was very confident i'm not saying you did i'm i'm saying this is this is a different 
thought. Um, I think I don't think that the movie, I, like I would agree that the movie doesn't work for cynical people, but I think that's due to the fact that it's like the most earnest movie on the planet. <laughs> like I don't right. think it's for I, earnest. I don't think it's for cynical people, and I think that that's okay. No, I I guess I just mean like I I'm trying to dissect decipher what like I don't I don't fully agree. I definitely don't agree that the intentions of the movie are very apparent, at least not on a first watch. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't disagree with a lot of your interpretations, but I don't like at a minimum, I have to believe there's like, oh boy, I wish I had to experience the movie the way Grant did. And it's like, well, there's like, there has to be a way craft can be used to have made that more accessible. Sure. You know, I, I, I don't, without undermining the, the experience or the quality of the film, like, I really think that is possible. So a lot of my conversations... I think, that, I think that's possible. I don't think that that's always a given, though. I think that that should be... No, but that's kind of the virtue of the podcast, to an extent, right? That that we're like, oh, our experience differed, and... That's... No, 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 I, I just mean you, the way that you stated that last little bit, I just wanted to make sure that, we're, like, you stated it kind of like a... Oh, I don't like believe there it is... That there must no. be a better well, way to do, like to to make this uh, more accessible it, and still retain all of its stuff, which I don't think that that is always true. Like I think there's a point at which, yeah, you're gonna have to start to lose stuff to make it more accessible. That's I, I think that that's I don't, I don't think you can always not, make it more accessible. To yeah, people. and also accessible you know. is not I, like I might have said that, but that's not really the best. Like I'm not trying to make the movie like like you know friendly to mat like mass appeal it's more mm. that's like the minimum is i want the mood i want me sure. the audience the audience demographic of me to feel like i understood what the artist wanted to say in a way that i was like oh yeah and and either and like understand it and not worry or or feel a sense of concern that if i find themes and motifs i'm actually making them up to justify my enjoyment of the the fun silly bits you know mm-hmm. that's that that's the thing is like i can definitely create a theme for this movie but i don't want to do that i want i want to know what the artist was trying to say and i don't at least in a first viewing with you know, with the absence of a long conversation with you, I didn't have it. I was mm. like, I, I don't know, there's a bunch of scenes I liked, there's a bunch of characters I really liked, and there definitely felt like there's a moral to this story that either is like, well, duh, like, the the problem is I think there there's two layers, and one layer is unsatisfying, and the other one is the one that I, I want to kind of just, like, not make more accessible because that's not the goal. I'm not trying to create mass appeal, but make communicated to the audience in in a way that they're not missing it. Like mm-hmm. accessible, I think may uh, I, I and maybe this is me bringing in my own negative connotation. Like the term accessible to me tends to conjure the idea of like kind of removing like 
hmm, I'm gonna try to think of this. Like, not upsetting people, you know, like making it, like making it, taking an art and making it like, oh, well, we don't want to say anything that people would disagree with. And like, I know that's not technically what the word means, but it's, it's what I think of, which, which is like, I don't want to change the message. I just want to make sure I receive the message clearer. You know, mm. I want to remove the static from the radio signal. I don't want to change the radio station or change the song I'm hearing. Mm. Um, if that metaphor works better. Um, sure. And yeah, I, I agree that it's not, it's a really tough thing. Cause like when we're talking about art versus like, you know, value yield spreadsheets, they're, they're, it's simultaneously like, well, no, we can't necessarily always create efficiencies in art theme transference. But also, I I tend to, like, in my heart, believe, like, oh, art can always be more so, like, it, it, you know, and, like, I say more so because I feel like saying improved doesn't work because it's like a sub it's a wholly subjective thing i think the, the but, big the big thing i mean like art is communication i think that the trouble with communication in general is that the more the more accurate and specific or or you know like the, the more clear or whatever you want to be i think that that runs counter to the the nuance that you can have and mo the most of what I feel like artists do and designers do and like, you know, just in general people who create art or try to communicate through art. I think if, if they're communicating for an audience, their goal is to find that sweet balance point where you have enough of the personal nuance that you want to deliver, but that it is clearer mm -hmm. enough to as many people as you can make it. And, and I guess, you know, obviously like if you, you know, like it, you can push that in different ways where, and still be in a zone of, of, you know, uh, of, you know, goodness or whatever, like, you know, just making a small change isn't necessarily going to ruin the whole movie mm -hmm. or anything. But like, so I, I agree that there's some shifting and adjusting that can be done there, I, and, and they can always be tweaked a little bit more. But you know, like, yeah. So like, there's that. I, I feel like the 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 important part, right, is always to not tweak it so much to the point where you start losing your nuance because i i do think yeah. that there's also you know like like because because the you know ideally right the the most ideal you know fictional setup would be you know direct you know brain communication where it's like okay when i hear the word yeah. potato i think of these five things well if i mm. show a potato on the screen i can't guarantee that you're going to think of those five things so right. i have to make it more clear what those five things are but then that kind of you know, loses some I, of the subtlety or, yeah, or whatever. I understand but, yeah. that. I guess so. So let me try and. But I think well, that it's valid. This, to this say is that a really he like heady subject because, like, mm -hmm. I think simplifying the concept, I 
and maybe you would agree with this because it's kind of a it's actually kind of a cliche at this point that like in the first person perspective of like if i'm producing art i will believe that there is it can always be improved upon like i can always do it a little bit better and and we always talk about that with like in in like the professional production kind of environment like i remember being a very common Mm. thing in school was like yeah but at a certain point you have to call it done you have to do and like at an even higher professional level you have to call you have to define what done means early so that way you're not you know like in games you know we're talking about feature creep and stuff yeah reality comes against you and it's like no but but that it does not run counter uh to the general philosophical idea of your art can always be improved upon um, or I should say, th- this is where it gets kind of interesting. Is like I believe that that statement holds true in the first person perspective of like my art can always be improved upon. So by that nature, like it should hold true in the second person, right? Like your art should oh can always be improved. Should equally be true if you believe it in the first person perspective. But I do agree with you that like. There's a level of like the the metaphor I'm thinking of is did you ever play one of those idle games where like it procedurally generates five cars and then and like rolls them down a hill and the one that gets the farthest uh, off of the ramp it then procedurally generates five more cars using the winning car as a seed right yeah, and then yeah. just does it's that loop forever it's like, yeah, yeah yeah so it's like it the car does get better over time. But at a certain point, you can't make a better car without just starting over. Mm. But that does not mean that you can't make a better car. It just means that the way to do so is so fundamentally aggressive. And, like, I guess that's kind of, I think that's the real debate is like. And it it also, I mean, if we're going to like pure more philosophical things, it also depends on the different, you know, reasons that you're like, I can always make. A game that'll, you know, I can always tweak things so that they'll better reach more people, you know, Mm -hmm. if I just had more data on what people thought about, you know, stuff or whatever. But, like, you know, if we really want to dig into it, can you, like, can you make, can someone, can I say someone else's art can be better? It's hard to without having their... Their KPIs, their goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like their their objective in mind, you know. Yeah. So Which I, I agree with and that that's, that's this why is, I, I think, think that there's the, a difference between the 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 second person and the first person yeah. because I, I agree. I have, think that's you know, the fun of this though, and at least Yeah. Like like we can play like I kinda see this as like a game we play once a week at this point of like, well we can do it a couple different ways. We can try to use analysis and empathy to try and determine what their goals are to then Mm. measure their success against it we could define our own goals just based around our own experience of like the goal of the you know i could say for the sake of this game the goal of the movie is for me to have a fulfilling experience when i watch the movie me eric the 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 human talking Mm. and i give no shits about anyone else at all and i'm pure you know and like that's another valid way to have this conversation. It's 
maybe less interesting for an audience listening to this mm. podcast. Um, so yeah, sometimes when it's a thing that like I just know it didn't click for me, I, I start from that area of like, I don't know, it didn't click for me, and I tend to like may maybe it's not great because it's anecdotal, but it's like, oh, you know, it's not the same as like, oh, it didn't click for my parents. It's like, well, my parents have a pretty narrow taste of like films that they watch and enjoy versus you and I, I, I feel like, oh no, we we can we are capable of enjoying a pretty broad range of stuff. Um you hear that, Eric's dad? Your son just called you a rube. <laughs> I did not say those words. I simply am referencing the fact that we are a household uh or we're a household of four vegetarians and three people in the house would put on goddamn Top Chef almost every opportunity they could, and we would watch them roast a ham, and I would want to rip my eyeballs out. <laughs> and it's humorous, because I am reminiscing on experience from my time directly mirroring the actual story of this movie. Um, I think, so... Actually, let's stick into that a little bit, because it's not qualitative at all, but it, I do think there are aspects of this that factor into, like, just whether or not I was going to enjoy this movie in the end, which is, like, the character coming home from school, not having a successful career in their field shortly after school experience, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm really glad I didn't fucking watch this movie when I was in that world, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about whether or not this movie would have made me feel better or worse. Oh, so much worse probably, for me. I think probably worse. Like yeah. I, I did really, I do really like this movie. And I probably, I, I think, I think the problem with it, even though like right now, me, I love, love the earnestness of it. I feel like me in that situation would react the same kind of way as anybody like, you know, does when they're in a, a situation they don't want to be, and someone's like, oh, just, like, think about, be, like, be happier. Yeah, just or, like, be, your, you know, be yourself like, more. I'm like, right, right. I would be in the same situation that, like, she is when they tell her to, like, oh, let's come to the camp and paint, and she's like, people don't like it when I do that. Like, that didn't fucking <laughs> work. Like, yeah. you know, like, I would probably be in the more cynical situation, so I would be more cynical and not really enjoy this earnest movie. Well, well so. even thinking, like, like super cynically, the end of the movie, I think I I would mo even more so have problems with of like, oh I you know I don't need this unicorn because I have found fulfillment in my life through or, or self realization in my life through other means and I'm now more mature and this unicorn can help this other person and I'd be yelling at the TV. Okay, but you still don't have a fucking job, and you still have student sell loans. Unicorn, like, what, like, sell the unicorn, make a million yeah, dollars. Yeah, buy, get the unicorn. <laughs> so, also, who the fuck is paying for? Like, they actively acknowledge that she is, in fact, paying Virgil for his labor. I'm like, cool, but you lost your job. Also, how much does this unicorn cost? This is a like. You 
actively reference that this is a store and you are buying a unicorn. How much uh-huh. does how much to buy a unicorn? Oh, that was another thing. Uh, before I get to that though, I want. Do you remember when Papers Please, uh, not Papers Please, uh, Cart Life came out when we were still in school? And I remember I was watching Roy play it, and I was like, "This game looks really good." I physically cannot play this game mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. after I have a job, ideally a full time job, because mm-hmm. if I play this while I'm unemployed, it will make me the most depressed person in the universe. Yeah. Uh, and I thought of that watching this movie being like, yep, thank Christ I didn't watch this movie when I was <laughs> out of school and unemployed. And Totally. Yeah. Um, oh, but the, th- the, yeah, so the thing I was going to say was, I'm dragging this out to help me remember. Oh, yeah, there, there's like a small motif of like, cat, like, there's like some kind of comment about capitalism and the idea of like your ability to just like buy your dreams that doesn't feel fully like I thought that was like a really interesting idea and I thought that was gonna be kind of what the movie ends up talking about a little more and then it didn't and that was a little bit of like oh that was a cool idea I would love to see that like the 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 idea of purchasing a unicorn as this like very uh mm. aggressive metaphor of like attempting to buy happiness essentially right, um, right. I think that idea would work better like just purely you're just trying to do that you're gonna you're it's a movie about a person buying a unicorn metaphor for a person buying happiness is like don't make it a like college dropout or a recent college grad because it's like they don't they're not in a position to be using money to attempt to be buying happiness. Like it, it, you know, I keep bringing it up. It's like that character doesn't have that privilege typically. And if, if the character does, you're not making, you're not really making a, a, a like a, a fable, like, story that other people can relate to because it's like yeah i definitely couldn't afford like even pretend to be able to like for her the the fantasy is buying the unicorn for me in that position the fantasy would be being able to afford to hire someone to build a shed in my backyard like i would Uh you know i you don't have that kind of money in that point (laughs) and i think (laughs) the the purely if it's like which I I know this really isn't the topic of the movie for the most part, but I do think there's an interesting idea for a movie there of like, you know, get get the boss character and be like, you know, he's pretty clearly unhappy with his life, and it's like, oh yeah, you could buy a unicorn and I don't know have Eddie Murphy play the character or something like a, a thousand. What was the that that movie? A thousand words where it's about. Uh-huh. How Eddie Murphy doesn't understand how trees work and thinks he's gonna die. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like what happens to a tree when its leaves, all of its leaves, fall off? It has it instantly drops dead. <laughs> God, that would be stupid. Um, um, but yeah, just because, like, um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I would not have liked this movie if I watched it when I was unemployed. Mm. Or even still a contractor, honestly, because there's a lot of uh, talk about, like, temp work. Uh, sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, that just jogged my memory. Another example of this film universe being, like, the universe is, is, is disengaged from, or, like, not reality is the, the jokes with uh, her channel flipping. I, like it's kind of old hat but it actually worked really well i thought it was really funny um but yeah also like just imagine virgil's watching tv with her and being like it's fucking weird how the literally every channel is just saying something relevant to our lives right now you know well sure but yeah. then, you know it, yeah. it's just another example where i'm like where's the the level of reality that is happening um but we talked about that uh fuck ton already Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? There's something else about the unicorn. Oh no, I, I just this wasn't really a thought I had. I just thought of it now. Where like the fake out, uh, uh of like, oh, this store isn't there anymore. Is it because it was a f- fake, or is it because it was, um, not? Or, or because she wasn't worthy. I think that was supposed to be like the the inmost cave climax point of like this is when things are the most dramatic, and it I don't know it just didn't land for me in a weird way. I, I wasn't. I think part of it is like I just wasn't invested in her getting this unicorn, and because <laughs> like either. I don't know. The, the, like, it is interesting because it is the the it's the main motivation for the character. But like, it didn't. Ha- not only is it, and this it's such a weird movie because you're you're trying like, there's so much reality that just like hits you that that like prevents you from, or prevented me from really enjoying this movie in a way that I don't th- I don't think this is the movie's fault. I think it's reality's fault. But it's like, hey, even if you do buy the unicorn, you're not keeping the unicorn in that shed. Like, <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> and then the, I did, I did have a bit of a problem when they kind of, they kind of retcon themselves a little bit because you get Samuel L. Jackson calling her, being like, "Uh, Virgil's not allowed to go to the unicorn store," and I'm like, "Okay, that makes sense. Like, it's this weird magic." Like only you're allowed to know or or experience this because you really believe in it and stuff, and uh, um, and I'm not referring to the fact that Virgil's in the store later. I I think that's as much as that sounds like a contradiction. I think that's actually fine. I think you, I think there's a lot of value in having the world's most believable character see a unicorn, um. What I do think actually acted like a retcon was uh, the next time Samuel Jackson calls, he's just like super chill of like, oh yeah, your unicorn arrived. And like, I guess technically he never said like, and therefore your unicorn isn't coming. But the fact that Samuel Jackson doesn't understand that like, dude, obviously like, like, I it, I the thing that I didn't get was like 
I don't know if Samuel Jackson's character is just a really fucking douchey salesman who sells unicorns, or is like a mystical fairy godmother who actually is like putting people, you know, like putting people through this kind of like character arc test, and he's actually like helping people grow through this magical like i can sell you your dreams kind of thing and then through that putting them through trials to make them realize like actually they're a better person without buying i i don't know what someone else's unicorn would be i i don't know if this that setup even works with trying to sell a different thing to a person but i, I that was, like i think to me it seemed only like thing that i can think is that Samuel Jackson's character was the fairy godparent who. Is, I feel like is, that's the intention her, because, like, I mean, it, it definitely he had has tinsel, a, he, he had tinsel in his hair. Like, he's well, definitely uh, obviously the character godparent. is not a real like hu- like human. Uh, he he is, so I, but I mean, like, you know what else? <laughs> like, no, I I mean specifically, like, is his motivation for to sell a unicorn or for no 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 yeah but here's the thing and here's the The thing that kind of undermines that the unicorn store is the grow up and be your own type of adult right i think that is the idea i do think kit's dialogue about like actually not only am i pat like i am passing up on the opportunity to buy a unicorn which is like Yup, totally makes sense. That is how ca- that is showing a character arc. Because at the beginning, she would have fucking purchased the unicorn, and now she didn't. That's a character change. The part that kind of undermines the idea that like that was Samuel Jackson's goal was her to have that character change is when she acknowledges like, oh yeah, and you, the unicorn, will definitely go live with this other woman, and I and like that and like. Obviously, she doesn't know, but even just the inclusion of that is like, no, no, it's not. The unicorn's not going to go live with anyone. It's just going to be a series of people trying to purchase a unicorn and learning a lesson and growing as a person. So, you know, does that make sense? I know it's a nitpick and it's a little weird thing. It just makes it, it makes it a little more confused, like talking it through, it feels like, oh yeah, the uh, the intention is Samuel Jackson's the fairy godmother teaching lessons, but the inclusion of that, and then also meeting the woman on the stairs, being like, you know, Brie, Brie Larson did not... <sighs> this maybe, is all Samuel Jack- maybe Samuel Jackson misjudged the other woman, and the woman actually will buy a unicorn. And then he's like, fuck, I only had the one yeah, unicorn yeah, to use yeah. as a prop for yeah. all my lessons exactly. i was teaching yeah honestly that would be great but <laughs> it, that, like what i'm saying makes sense right like it, it is a nitpick but it does kind of make it just a little more confusing what the i what the well, deal okay. is i think it only makes it confusing like i what you're saying is not something i think i would ever think to think about that makes sense. I don't think that like I, I wasn't set up in a in a mindset to be thinking along those lines because I just assumed that you know like I like if my brain heard that line and passed over it as like yeah, yeah like the other person so like do you, gonna, would you say like that unicorn that, will help somebody else? Do you, you know, would you say you think that that's because you were 
bought into the shorthand of this movie of like, oh, like clearly this is a fairy yeah. tale. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Okay. I think, I think uh, yeah. versus uh, like the text of the movie making super clear, like because I, I I went into it being like. I, I kind of wanted to, and this was not really an active effort on my part, but because I really had, I had watched the trailer once when it came out and not followed up on it or anything. So to me, while I kind of assumed just by the nature of the way you liked this movie, I didn't expect it to end with like Brie Larson being kidnapped and, and being like, Actually, this was Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson works for the mafia. He's a horrible person or something, and this is all his ploy. But I I was taking everything in the movie at essentially at face value of like, hey, you know, Virgil makes a really good point about how this shit makes no fucking sense. So when when we get to those moments it's like i don't know it's like a 50 50 shot there's really a goddamn unicorn behind that door also super fucking sketch like this is just an aside it is insanely sketchy first after all that samuel jackson be like oh yeah your unicorn's here it's just behind yet another door i know we're standing in a room big enough for a unicorn to fit in it but you have to go through yet another door to get to the unicorn it's like Oh, I'm not going in that door. I was on board <laughs> for literally everything before then, and that that was a point where I'm like, I don't know if you should go through that door. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's the idea is that there's like one less opportunity for you to doubt, like for doubt to be seated, but it is effective, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So. The only other thing I have is that I just want to say that uh, the actor who played Virgil, so I agree Virgil's great. Um, uh, the actor who played him, uh, I might mess up his name, but it's, I think it's Mamadou uh, Afi. Um, he is, I I like didn't, I saw him in this, and I was like, I know I've seen him before. And then I only recently like realized that it was in. Um, did you ever see that movie Patty Cakes about the like female rapper from like Boston or whatever? No. Uh, okay, it seemed like it's basically it seemed it seemed like it could have happened, like could have been set in your hometown. It was like it's like about this uh, this. Rat, like this kind of like it's like a white trash rapper uh who calls herself patty cakes and it's about her like you know just like believing she can do it and stuff anywho huh. um he plays this really weird character in that named bastard Who's kind of like? So he plays the complete opposite of Virgil, is what you're saying. He play, he plays kind of. I'm trying to describe what his like scene is. He's kind of like a kind of like a little bit like kind of grunge punky, uh, and like yeah, he's into like grunge punk, like really heavy metal kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways. 
He's he's like it's it's a very odd character, um, but he has kind of like this this uh, like that's kind of his exterior, and then he eventually has you know this kind of like quieter you know kind of beautiful interior, and mm-hmm. I really like that this actor. I think he did a really great job in both movies, and he's going to be in a new movie coming out uh, the beginning of January. Called Underwater, which essentially looks like oh uh, shit, it's the uh, aliens underwater it's with a, okay. Kristen Stewart and stuff. Am I the only one that's like, I, I immediately saw the trailer and it's like, oh, it's mermaids. It's it's what if mermaids was a horror movie? Probably. I yeah. mean, yeah. I, I just I just meant like it's it's directly like. It looks like aliens. Yeah. I, oh like, yeah, uh, you're not wrong. Like, like, I just, like I'm not saying it's. Yeah, it's, it's if mermaids were aliens. Were the like, xenomorphs it, it, and uh, yeah, exactly. aliens exactly. took place underwater, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. I just, when I saw the creature design, I was like, oh, the, the like, thing they're not showing in the marketing material, it's like, mermaids are real, but they're fucking horrible monsters. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so, I, this movie that I, I had seen, like, two trailers for... And I was kind of like, oh, it looks kind of interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize he was in it until I just looked on his IMDb. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm even more excited about it because I really like him. Yeah, he was great in this. And mm-hmm. I I will say, I think now I enjoy the idea of this movie because it is so much fuel for conversation. Um, You know, it is ripe for this podcasts and the and our format and stuff so even just from that angle i highly appreciate this movie sweet i don't think i'll watch it again <laughs> <laughs> that's fine i probably will and it'll probably be when i want some some earnest encouragement when i'm not in the not in the position where i'm kind of like actually annoyed or depressed because then i'll be really cynical and hate it but mm-hmm. where I'm in that, like, I wish I was more. Yeah, not when earnest. you're filling out your taxes, but when you get your tax <laughs> rebate. Sure. Right. When it's like money, free money. Money has, is not I'm an gonna issue. Go buy a unicorn. I'm yeah. going to buy a unicorn. Yeah. But if you do it while you are filling out your taxes, you're going to be like, what the fuck is this shit? Why is she buying a unicorn when she has student loans to pay off? Uh huh. Um. I'm really cool. hung up on it just because I think it's such a it is a pretty easy like bait to to swing at but I I amuse myself so that's what matters. <laughs> um cool. Well, I think that's good. Uh I think uh we can move Yeah, there. the holiday se- it's the holiday season right now so I'm thinking about how to budget around like Christmas present shopping and stuff uh-huh. so a movie where uh, so a character just fundamentally doesn't understand money just probably was never going to land for me right now. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Um, okay, I'm done harping on the money thing. <laughs> well, we're going to thank Brenna for her awesome artwork and Dave yeah. for uh, editing and giving us the music. Uh, you guys should see it and then put down your own comments. I, I on recommend SoundCloud. watching it so that you have your own opinion of it, right. for sure. This is a uh, movie yeah. you should watch because there, it it is interesting. It's definitely an interesting movie. 
just don't take it as a how-to guide on fiscal responsibility. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> See, All even right. Grant's getting in on the money jokes. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Well, uh, we'll see you later.